And we see with her, it's not reciprocated yet. She cares for him, yes, but she doesn't have it in her to love yet. She's, as she says, I'm so tired. Yeah, absolutely. If she is not the most relatable character on television right now, I don't know who the hell is. Yeah, I agree. We all are. Yeah. And and two, you, you think about it, how many people are grieving right now, you know? True. Yeah. Welcome to the Marvelous Madams podcast. We're your hosts, Madam Chris. And I'm Madam Amy. We are burdened with the glorious purpose of talking all things Marvel. Madams, assemble. I have a confession to make. Juicy confession? Not exactly. One that I'm not proud of. Huh, okay. So yesterday afternoon, after watching this latest episode of WandaVision three times, I took my own little demon spawn out for a walk <laughs> in the neighborhood. And on our second turn, I came upon our mailman. <laughs> Is he alive? I crossed the street, not because of COVID, but because I wanted to throttle that man. And I gave him daggers the whole way across the street. And I know that this is ridiculous and irrational, but I could not help myself. The poor guy. He He's just doing his job no, and you're no. giving him the evil eye for no reason. You know what? No, seriously, do not feel bad for him because he's a really shitty mailman. Do not feel bad for him. He deserves my vicarious hatred. <laughs> okay. Well, at least he's alive. I'm glad for that. Because if you said that he's been harmed or he's alive, he's not alive, I would have told you to stop talking because we are recording. <laughs> I'm sure I'm not the only one this week who has so many emotions clawing through them, including a little bit of rage for various reasons. <laughs> yes, it is a very emotional episode, but it's a beautiful one. It really really is from start to finish elizabeth olsen and katherine hahn my god just powerhouses both of them yes i had no idea that superhero stuff could be so sad yeah and elizabeth olsen she she must have been dehydrated at the end of this right the amount she's cried good lord And not to mention her throat must have been raw with all the screaming she was doing. Yes. Yeah, she must have been just exhausted. Yeah, I certainly would have been. Yeah, the emotions, all of it. Oh, my God. And for Catherine Hahn, this has been such a revelation because we've all only ever really seen her do comedy. And she's such a brilliant comedian. I didn't know she had such darkness in her that she could go to a place like this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She was cold. Oh, God. Yes. In the cruelest ways. Mm hmm. Yeah. So right at the top of the show here, we just want to let you know we're going to go through the episode as we normally do. But at the end, we are going to explore various possibilities for the finale. Right. And one other difference is going to be by the end of this episode, we're going to be sobbing. We both have a box of tissues next to us. Yes, that's true. I actually do. So this opening, this might be my favorite opening yet. 
of the Salem witch trials in reverse. I love the way they did this. It's kind of like a Silence of the Lambs misdirect where we see, oh, okay, right, Salem 1693, witch trials. Obviously, she's going to be burned at the stake for being a witch, but it's flipped Mm -hmm. and it's flipped in a very female way, which I love. Right. They do actually tie Agatha to the pole magically, but they're not punishing her because she's a witch. They're punishing her because she went too far. Exactly. Agatha dipped into the dark magic. She got the key to the dark magic cabinet from her mom while she was away one weekend and, uh, you know, got a little crazy. (laughs) And so it's her entire coven that has brought her here essentially to kill slash destroy her. Yes, they do start the process at least, and then it gets reversed on them. Well, I love Han's performance here because it's so layered again but in a different way from what we're used to because she's clearly not as good a manipulator back then as she is now yeah it could be that or it could be the fact that wanda is so mentally fragile that it was easier for agatha to manipulate her true but i think over time she's also gained a lot of life experience oh yeah yeah. And, you know, learned how to manipulate people easier. But there's one woman she definitely can't manipulate, and that is her mother. <laughs> yes. Her mother sees through all her bullshit. And this scene, along with the rest of the episode, had me thinking, Jesus Christ, we need to keep Agatha and Loki as far apart as possible for the good of humanity. <laughs> See, I'm on the other side of the spectrum. I would love to see them together. Yeah, because that's another Vanessa Fisk type relationship waiting to happen. That's why you monster. Yeah, and it would be so much fun. (laughs) Because this scene, it had me thinking it's so reminiscent of two different things, actually. The ending of Thor, when Agatha looks at her mother and says, I can be good. And her mother says to her, No, you cannot. That is totally. I could have done it, father. No, Loki. True. Yeah, in a way. But in this situation, her mother was the one who attacked her, whereas Loki just let go. Right. And on the flip side there, it's also Thor the Dark World kind of when he's brought before Odin and not really taking it seriously when Agatha kind of has the same reaction. I was just trying to get it to bend to my power. No, she said, I did not break your rules. They simply bent to my power. There you go. So she's also not taking this too seriously at first either until the magic comes out and she's like, oh shit. Yeah, she probably thought her mom would would not, you know, actually kill her. Right. And it's the, it's the same thing as Loki didn't take it seriously until Odin was like, your ass is going to the dungeon for the rest of eternity. Correct. Yeah. So it also makes me wonder what spells and books Agatha may have been using. And that's a conversation that we're going to be having at the end of the episode. So stick around for that. Yeah, true. And one thing she did mention was that I cannot control it. So her thirst for knowledge ended up getting her into something where she is unable to control it. And we can see that happening in real time because all these witches are blasting her with blue magic. And all of a sudden it turns into purple magic and she's sucking their life force. Yes. Yeah, that gave me a lot of uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade vibes there they chose poorly (laughs) so yeah she sucks out the life force 
of her coven. And then mom gives it one last go. And you noticed it before I did that blue crown of energy. Yeah. When mom was giving it full blast before she was kind of holding back. And when she went after all the others died, full blast, there was this kind of magical icy blue sort of crown around her head. And I have no idea what that is. I'm guessing it's probably some kind of status symbol, like a king or a queen would wear, signifying her as the head of the coven. She certainly looked like the oldest witch there. Yeah, maybe that is that. Or maybe she is some kind of famed witch, like who's known for being a witch, like the Scarlet Witch. Maybe she's, I don't know, the Ice Queen Witch or something. (laughs) Could be. Now, you and I had very different opinions about Agatha taking her mother's brooch. Yeah, I thought it's more like a sentimental, even though you guys rejected me, I'm taking this because this is the coven I know. Yeah, and I saw that as a psychopathic serial killer taking a trophy. (laughs) Well, the line blurs there, so I guess we can be both right in a way. Yeah, Agatha, that's a good word for her generally. She's a very blurry character at this point. True. Yeah, yeah, she's very gray. Now, I think we need to note something here. So we've seen young Agatha here stealing the life force from all of these other witches. I'm wondering a few things. One, did she make any attempt to steal Wanda's life force? Mm -hmm. And I just realized now I'm wondering, could that be a factor in Wanda's loss of control? We thought it was the pregnancy. We thought it was pain. But perhaps Agatha was making inroads even then trying to steal her life force. Or has she not tried at all because she's been afraid of Wanda's power? She hasn't been able to understand Wanda's power and wisely held off until she could glean more information and assess the situation before doing something too risky. Well, for one, the life force stealing wasn't exactly voluntary. She didn't actually do that. She was burning and dying and then suddenly something inside her changed and it started sucking the life force in. She didn't stop it but she didn't start it in the first place. Right. I think it was definitely involuntary with the rest of the coven, but I think with her mother at that point, she understood what she was doing and made sure she followed through. No, because when even when her mom was blasting her initially, it was blue. And then again, later on, it changed to purple. Right. She was fighting back slowly. Yep. So I don't think it was voluntary. And... I don't think Agatha has been going around just kind of stealing people's life forces because if she did that, she wouldn't be low profile and other people would have definitely taken notice of her by now. It's been, what, 400 years? Yeah, I think she's been keeping her youth in a different manner. Yeah, maybe all that life force has helped her keep her youth. And we can see she has aged, but very, very slowly. Yes. And also for the life force, even if she did try to take it from Wanda, it's probably a different type of energy that we discuss at the end of the episode. It's chaos energy, whereas we don't know what kind of uh, magic Agatha is wielding. That's true. Yeah. So I think I'm more inclined to think that Agnes hasn't tried and has just been testing the waters and pushing Wanda and trying to understand her magic. 
Yeah, I think she's probably trying to understand how powerful she is and what can she get from her? What what can she learn from her? Absolutely. It's all about power for Agatha. So now we head back to present day, back to the dungeon. (laughs) And we pick up pretty much where we left off in the previous episode. Wanda is trying desperately to figure out who Agatha is, trying some telepathy, but none of that is working. Yeah, that's adorable. (laughs) That was terrifying. (laughs) Yeah. Now, I have a question here. I'm wondering, is there someone actually inside Senior Scratchy, or is Agatha just batshit crazy and talking to a rabbit? I had that question, and then you said something to me yesterday that had me kind of shutting my mouth. Yeah, basically telling you that everyone talks to their animals, and I've seen you do it on multiple occasions. I I don't know what you're talking about. I don't say I love you to my animals more than I say it to my husband. No, I don't. Uh No idea what you're talking about. (laughs) I rest my case. But I... Do you think there is more to Senor Scratchy than than him just being a simple rabbit? Yes. So we're going to talk more about Doctor Strange later and his possibilities, but I want to bring this up now. Agatha's home is clearly full of magic. This dungeon, like Mm -hmm. all parts of it. And we see that she was drawn to Westview because she sensed Wanda's magic. Right. I have to think two things. One, Doctor Strange has to know about Agatha Harkness. She has to be on his list of potential threats to Earth. The one he mentioned he keeps in Thor Ragnarok. Mm -hmm. And two, he's got to sense this magic too, right? One, Agatha is not nearly as powerful enough to be a threat to the world. The fact that she's so enamored by the amount of power that Wanda is casting goes to show that she's not nearly as powerful as her. So maybe she's not a threat to the world. I think she could still do some serious damage. She definitely warrants a place on Doctor Strange's list. And she's just a magical being in general and a nefarious one. She's going to be in the top 10 of that list. Uh, no, they're far more powerful and nefarious people who would be in the top 10 list. You're assuming they exist already. You're you're making a lot of assumptions here. Well, eventually, someday, somehow, they they may come. My point is, it's safe to say he should be aware of her. I don't know. This is making me feel like it's the Sokovia Accords. Every enhanced being has to sign up for it or they're breaking the law. It It's getting into a little icky territory for me. If he has a list of all the magical beings. He's just keeping a a list for himself of people to watch out for. He's not requiring registry on anything. You know what I'm saying? He's doing his job of protecting the sanctum of protecting Earth. Yeah, that's, that's fine. That's fair. I don't think she's powerful enough for him to be too aware she may be on his list but a little lower and here's another question why does senior scratchy have to be so goddamn cute i want to hate this thing i don't want to (laughs) trust it but he's so pudgy he could just be a rabbit or he could be an innocent original owner of the house now we know that agatha came into westview after the hex was cast so obviously she didn't have a house of her own But the fact that she was living next to Wanda 
all this time, it could be possible that the owner of the house has been transmutated, like we see her do with the bug, into a rabbit and held him there. And maybe he is Ralph. He is the owner of the house, Ralph. Could be. And we also discover here that Agatha has, in fact, been cloaking her mind from Wanda and thus from Billy, too. Yes. Which is a small thing to do. Absolutely. For her. Respect for the monster. Yep. yep. <laughs> we here are very impartial. We, we are more than happy to give credit when credit is due, even if it's a nefarious person. <laughs> Some more than others. So Agatha is showing Wanda these protection spells, and they are both super confused here for different reasons. Right. Wanda has no idea what runes are. She doesn't know what she's looking at. And Agatha doesn't understand why. She's like, how do you not know the basics here? This is a very Hagrid Harry moment for me. Okay. Because in that case, Hagrid was a positive influence on Harry's life. He was helping him. And that was his main goal was to help Harry with and show him love and kindness. Whereas Agatha just wants to know what she can get out of the deal. Yeah, Agatha is extremely confused because in her mind, you have to study for years in order to gain as much power as she has. And this other person has put on this extreme show of power and she doesn't even know what runes are. Yeah. Which is like the most basic tenant of magic, according to Agatha. And Catherine Hahn does a masterful job of portraying all the conflicting emotions within Agatha because part of her is in awe of Wanda's power and part of her, just like you said here, is is envious, is jealous because she wants that power and then part of her is angry that this nobody who doesn't even know the basics came along and basically just aced the SATs. Yeah, yeah. And anyone would be, that's perfectly fair. Yeah, especially if you're a psychopath. <laughs> yeah, they tend to have a short fuse. <laughs> As we kind of see. Yeah, so Agatha reveals it here, and this villaining is so well done. The writing for her is just fantastic. Yeah. She's been trying this entire time, these last seven episodes, she's been nudging at Wanda, trying to get her to reveal what she says her true self. Yeah. Like enough right. with the sitcom bullshit and show me who you really are. Mm-hmm. But what she doesn't realize is that Wanda isn't hiding her true self from others. She's hiding herself. That's a good way of putting it. So yeah, the entire, all the nonsense that we see happening in the last seven episodes could be attributed to Agatha's messing around. Yes, in different ways, just giving her pushes. Sparky is definitely evidence of that. Mm-hmm. That's a big push. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, Pietro, or excuse us, Pietro. <laughs> Do you know what that reminded me of? Did you ever watch Fringe? Yes. Okay, you remember when they had the alternate dimension and it was faux Livia and Walternate? Ah, yeah. That's what that reminded <laughs> me of. So we know that Agatha used Pietro, Pietro, as this push for Wanda. She was basically using him as a ventriloquist dummy. Yeah, pretty much. Which explains why he was such a dickhead. Correct. And how he was so, not really sassy, but he had a certain element to him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. 
And it also makes sense for him to have a better connection with the kids because Akita herself has probably babysat those kids a lot more and knows them. Right. But here's the thing. So Pietro's her eyes and ears, her mouthpiece, yes. But he still has to really be Pietro, right? Because he's got his powers. Mm-hmm. So did she pluck him from another universe? Yeah, that's the interesting thing. She speaks about crystalline possession uh-huh. to basically control him. She talks about necromancy that is not possible, but she doesn't mention how she got Pietro here. Right. And notice how she referred to ATJ Pietro as your real brother, not just your brother. I feel like that's an important distinction. Yeah, it is because they are different people. You just have to look at them to know that they're very different people. Right. But I think that's a way of confirming this is still Pietro. He is corporeal. He is real. And I got him from somewhere. Yeah. And I think that is something that may play into the next episode. Absolutely. Or it's the catalyst for the multiverse to get started. And this also makes me wonder what is going on with Monica? Because in the last episode in that in that mid credit scene, we see Pietro catch her. Is he still under Agatha's control or not? I think he still is. Because if he wasn't, he seemed like he caught Monica. I don't think he would be quite so unhappy about catching her, but rather happy about catching her because he probably got pulled from another universe without his permission or consent. True. And I'm wondering what he would be like how he would act, what he would do if he's not under Agatha's control. Would he be kind of frozen like the rest of Westview or would he act like the Quicksilver we know from the X-Men franchise? I would say like the Quicksilver we know. I mean, in that case, it's not that much different. He's still going to be a kind of a sarcastic pain in the ass. True, but we at least know that he would always try to do the right thing. That's true. In this case, we won't know. That's true. As long as he can be convinced of what the right thing is, because he might be a little suspicious of everyone. Well, truth be told, he will definitely side with anyone who is on the opposing side of Agatha because of what she did to him. That's assuming he even knows who's doing it to him. True. So Agatha continues interrogating poor Wanda here like an old-timey homicide detective with a phone book. (laughs) But Wanda's got no answers for her. She has no idea how she's been casting All these different spells didn't even know she was casting spells. Correct. And Agatha decides enough is enough. No talking. Yeah. And then I almost threw up. Ah, right. Uh -uh. Yes. Mm -mm. Nope. 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 (laughs) Give Elizabeth Olsen an Emmy. I don't even care if it's CG. Just the thought of the idea that I will be on a screen with a bug on my face. Mm -mm. Not doing it. I was thinking, thank God that bug was big. Otherwise, it could have gone up her nose Uh, or in her ear. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) When I was like 10 years old and I was watching God knows what 60 minutes or something that I should not have been watching. Maybe I was even younger. I don't know. But they came out with that with the statistic of, oh, on average, people eat seven bugs a year in their sleep. Yeah, right. Yeah. I. Yeah. Didn't have a good night's sleep for like a week after that. (laughs) Mm -mm. 
Yeah, well, it's not true. So you can sleep easy if that still haunts you. Oh, it, it is a myth? Thank God. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. So I only have to worry about getting smothered to death by an obese cat in my sleep. Fabulous. Yeah, that's more likely. Okay. It's a shame I won't know if that happens. You're a terrible human being. <laughs> the eulogies and epitaphs I have gotten from you. God, you're the worst. <laughs> Maybe I'm more like Agatha than I thought. So there's another emotion here that we get from Agatha that comes through too, and that is disgust. She also seems to have so much contempt for Wanda throughout this episode, and we'll see that later too, is that you have all this power and you're doing this with it? Really? Yeah. Well, she has a point. Yeah, I'm starting to get concerned again. <laughs> we had this talk in our Daredevil series. I think maybe we need to have another intervention with you. No, see, seriously, just hear me out. Don't judge before you walked a mile in my shoes. Your shoes wouldn't fit me, but continue. That's true, but it would certainly be metaphorically and physically painful for you. But anyways, Wanda has so much power. She could change and do anything that she wants to. She could save species from getting extinct. She could stop global warming. She could do anything she pleases. And, she, and what she's decided to do, well, not quite consciously, is create this little sitcom world for herself. From an outsider's perspective, it seems absurd. Hold on here. Back up a minute. No, no, no. That's where you're coming from. That's not where Agatha's coming from. Yeah, I'm sure Agatha really wants to cure cancer and solve world hunger. Bullshit. She wants the power for herself for nefarious purposes. Yes, yeah, so I'm saying she has a point, but I don't 100% agree with her. Yeah. Well, we've also got to keep in mind that Wanda isn't really aware of the power. She's not aware enough to understand all the good that she can do with it. Yeah, I agree. And from what we see, we understand and we sympathize. But from an outsider's perspective, it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Keep in mind, though, it's only been a couple of days for Wanda. True. But the fact that she caused all of this, that was so powerful that Agatha came from God knows where, goes to show that the, the power, in any case, we've discussed this before as well, for Wanda to do this, it's an immense amount of power. That's why we were so convinced that there has to be another big bad who is controlling all of this, a.k.a. Mephisto, which seems to have gone down the drain. Well, maybe not. We'll see. We'll talk about it later. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't want to be too hard on Wanda here because she has had very little time to process all this. Time is not moving normally in Westview, and we'll get into that later, too. Yeah, true. I think... No, I'm not, I'm not shitting on Wanda. I'm just seeing that Agatha does kind of have a point. That's it. So Agatha does some really cruel things in this episode. One of the worst is right here using the boys to get Wanda to play along. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's like any evil person's handbook pretty much kidnap the hero's kids and make them do what you want yeah i mean it, it is possible that uh agatha wrote that book she'd been around a while <laughs> and to be fair 
if she didn't do that, Wanda wouldn't have gone along because Agatha didn't actually do anything wrong, didn't actually harm Wanda physically. In a way, she kind of made her open her eyes. She did her a favor in a very convoluted way. You are right about that. However, we must keep in mind that her motives are entirely selfish and self-serving. Yes, true. Agatha is not a villain. She's a very gray character. Her motives are selfish because she wants more power, but she hasn't harmed anyone yet. Tell that to Sparky. We don't know if Sparky was actually a dog. We saw Agatha transform a bug into a bird and then feed it to Signor Scratchy. That is something we will get back to. It could have just been an insect that she transformed into a dog. I don't care. He was still a furry little terrier at the time. (laughs) You will not change my mind. So with her children's lives on the line, Wanda reluctantly agrees to take this little trip down memory lane with Agatha. Mm -hmm. Now I have a question for you. Yeah. When Agatha takes the hair, does a little magic thingy and opens the door. Is it Agatha who is picking the points? Or is it Wanda subconscious that is creating these doors and Agatha's the conduit for it? I think it's 100% Wanda subconscious. I think that's the point of the spell because we will see a couple times where Agatha's surprised at what Mm -hmm. she's seeing. She's surprised by the door at the end. She is also interested, like she's looking around, she's getting a feel for things. No, this is entirely Wanda. Right. Okay. And as if it's not enough of the cruelty she's putting Wanda through and what she's doing to the boys, we've got to mock her, her parents' apartment too. Really, you bitch? (laughs) Are you an interior designer on top of being a witch? They're doing the best they can. (laughs) Yeah, that was mean. That was mean. But you know what? It actually is a nice contrast because as we see, Agatha is just completely devoid of compassion. She doesn't understand love. So it's fitting for her to say that. And it's contrasted by, okay, we have this apartment that's not so great looking, but filled with so much love. Yeah. For her, it's more about status and power. Right. Whereas for Wanda, it's all about emotion. And the love in this home just makes this scene so much more poignant. Yeah. Yeah. It was a beautiful family, a beautiful scene. Yeah. And we have Wanda's dad coming home with this suitcase full of sitcom DVDs. Yeah. And this is their this is their TV night, their English night that they get to spend with each other. Yeah, and it seems to be like a major escape for them from clearly what they're living in hell. Yeah. And they all sit down to watch Dick Van Dyke. I noticed something in this scene that when the kids sit down and the father puts his arm around the mother and he has a remote in his hand and he presses the button to play, it's almost the same position where in all the previous episodes we've seen Vision puts his arm around Wanda and he presses the button to start the TV. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think that's an accident. No, not at all. Because we see these are Wanda's happiest memories and that's why Westview exists as it does. Correct. Yeah. 
and we see moving forward sitcoms seem to be her only escape in whatever situation she's in yeah frankly i kind of relate to that not to the sitcom aspect of it but generally media as a whole absolutely and i know you do too yep yeah i was raised by television yeah so we get our first big jump of the episode there was another one for me later on but a bomb hits the apartment yeah that startled me yes absolutely even the second what startled me even though i knew it was coming yeah wanda and pietro's parents are killed and we see of course it's the stark industries bomb yeah and you know i think this was also a good subtle reminder to us all of regardless of how much we love tony and the sacrifice he made we do need to keep in mind that not everybody's perfect and he did cause a lot of death and destruction yeah absolutely he was very naive about his role as an arms manufacturer he did cause a lot of harm and i think afterwards after everything happened in the first iron man movie he did his best to try to atone for that true and this was the moment that everybody thought the toaster in the commercial was the bomb. You are correct. Yep. So Wanda unwittingly uses her powers here to stop the bomb from detonating, showing us she definitely had a lesser degree of power before the experimentation. Correct. And again, for her, I think this is a thread that we see throughout her entire arc is for her, it's instinctual. Mm -hmm. She put her hand out instinctively to do that, not even realizing that she did something. And can I just say that girl is absolutely adorable. Yeah. Both kids, good continuity. Yeah, they are so cute. And those accents, those adorable little accents too. <laughs> For Wanda, her powers seem very tied to self-preservation. Yeah, and emotion. Mm -hmm. Now... Agatha's not buying it. Like, okay, yeah, this happened. I don't see the connection. And says something very interesting to Wanda. Normally the expression is, the only way forward is through. But Agatha says, the only way forward is back. Right. And this stuck out to me. I can't help but wonder if this is a hint to time travel coming up. Maybe. So we're still in the past. The next door leads to... A really creepy sequence here of Wanda suffering through experimentation. Yeah, she's not in a good place, clearly. The transformation they put Elizabeth Olsen through here is nothing short of incredible. Mm -hmm. And even the way she portrays that fear without actually saying anything, just her expression. She looks haunted. Yeah. Speaking of which, I took one look at her and said, oh, my God, am I going to die in seven days? Because that's the vibe I'm getting. Oh, the ring. I understood that reference. <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> and a horror movie, no less. I'm quite proud of you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Uh, so Samara slash Wanda here is being put through the paces with the Mind Stone. Yes. So she was basically told to go up to the scepter and touch the stone, and then they'd see what happened, fully expecting her to die. Yeah, and oh God, this was just so Nazi-ish to me, with all their bullshit experimentation, where usually the end goal was for them to die anyway, and it was usually the end result. They just had zero regard 
for human life whatsoever. And that's what we're seeing here. These people are just means to an end. Yeah, and it is Hydra. They did come from the Nazis. They were Nazis. Yeah. Just when you think you've put away that Hydra hatred because you think they've gone away, it just comes crawling back. <laughs> Remember this about Hydra. Cut one head, seven more pop up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're never going away. So Wanda doesn't approach the stone. It seems to just come to her. Yeah, she is hesitantly going forward to it. And then the stone just kind of comes out of the scepter and comes right in front of her. And something interesting happens. When Wanda tries to touch the stone, it sort of explodes and we see the actual Mind Stone. And from there, she sees a vision of the Scarlet Witch. We don't know whether it's a vision, if it's a premonition of who she will be, or if it was the spirit or the energy of the Scarlet Witch coming to her. But either way, we know that whatever power she had got amplified after she touched the stone. Yeah, and what's really interesting is that these Hydra scientists are watching on their monitors, and to them, on the film there, watching, they see none of this. Correct. It's like a flash of a split second. Yeah. Interesting, isn't it? The way we've seen so much editing and so many cuts these last seven episodes, and this is very similar. Yes, absolutely. I was actually very curious about that vision that she saw of the Scarlet Witch, because it looked like Elizabeth Olsen. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know if they used her just because, you know, she has the costume, might as well use the same person. It would save them time. Or if this was some kind of premonition moving forward. There's no way they would just be like, oh, let's save some time and make it her. Nobody will ask questions. No, there, there's a purpose. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. If so, then maybe we see her in that final form in the finale, hopefully, because she looked amazing. I want to see that again. And then we cut to poor Wanda wasting away in solitary confinement, watching the Brady Bunch. I don't know about you, but for me, that would be a fate worse than death. Watching the Brady Bunch? Yeah, I was not a fan. <laughs> I'll pass on that. Okay. <laughs> maybe that's why she telepathically switched it off. Uh, yeah, speaking of which, that was my jump scare of the episode when she shuts that TV off and then we see the three of them in the reflection. Oof. <laughs> yeah, that's that's classic horror 101, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was not expecting that. This is is this preparing you at all for uh Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, my dear? <laughs> no, no. I think I will be resigning from this position by then. <laughs> And this is when Agatha is still trying to piece everything together of how Wanda has her powers and all of that. And she says, I have a theory, but I need more. Hasn't that just been us for the last month and a half? Yes, a hundred percent. It's kind of validating in a way, you know, that others, we've said this before, that others are as confused as we are. Yeah, absolutely. And she's actually saying things that we have been saying. Agatha is us. We are Agatha. Yeah, including when she said the broken pieces of you were adding up buttercup. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> that could have come <laughs> out of my mouth. Yeah, that's true. So now we head through another door into the Avengers compound. 
Right. Oh, this scene. I was not ready for any of this. Yeah, this was, you know, that's the thing I am really enjoying about WandaVision. Everyone shits on these movies because it's so action heavy. And in this show, we've not seen any kind of action. Yep. But this scene, no action, no nothing, just two people sitting in a room. There's so much energy, so much power, so much emotion. And Paul Bettany here does such a great job of reverting back to original vision, to before they were together. But yeah. you can see it is so clear he loved her even then. And we see with her, it's not reciprocated yet. She cares for him, yes, but she doesn't have it in her to love yet. She's, as she says, yeah. I'm so tired. Yeah, absolutely. If she is not the most relatable character on television right now, I don't know who the hell is. Yeah, I agree. We all are. Yeah. And and two, you, you think about it, how many people are grieving right now? You know? True. Yeah. And what Vision says here, oh, it just got me. His everything about this. He says to her, I've never experienced loss because I've never had a loved one to lose. And there's so much subtext there. There's so much unsaid because he's looking at her knowing she's it now. Mm -hmm. And it's juxtaposed with the fact that Wanda had told Pietro before this happened, I, there was just nothingness. And right. yeah. for Vision, that was life before her? Yeah, in a sense, yes, because he he couldn't feel. He was there intellectually, but emotionally, he wasn't human. He didn't have a soul. Right. And in case the knife wasn't stuck deeply enough into our hearts, he then says one of the most profound things I've ever heard. What is grief if not love persevering? Yeah. Oh. That got me. That got me. I teared up. Yeah. Damn it, Laura Donnie. You got me. You happy? You got me. <laughs> For those who don't know, Laura Darney was the writer of this episode and she's done a brilliant job. We just can't give these writers enough accolades. Phenomenal job. Absolutely. Yeah. And nonetheless, Agatha's watching this and just keeps pushing Wanda. Just keeps pushing her in her grief, wanting her to go further, wanting her to feel even more pain just so Agatha can figure out the root of her power. Yeah, and this is something that a therapist would do in a more controlled manner to get to the root of the problem. Yes, that's a good analogy because in, in a way, Agatha is guiding her through this process. She's doing it in a despicable, almost torturous way, but she is guiding her nonetheless. Yeah, absolutely. And Wanda has been so closed off that she actually says, what makes you think that talking about it would bring me comfort? The only thing that would bring me comfort is seeing him again. And it's it's very telling of where her mind is. She's gone through so much already. Yeah, She's never had the time or the inclination to process. And her magic is just a conduit to her expressing what she's feeling. At Agatha's pushing, now we end up at Sword. 
Yeah. Hayward, you son of a bitch. (laughs) Before we get into this sequence, there's something that I want to ask you. Mm -hmm. Throughout this entire process, we've seen the various stages in Wanda's life. Have you noticed something about her hair? During this episode? Yes. Well, Wanda naturally has very dark hair. We've seen that. Mm-hmm. Uh, she still had the dark hair in Age of Ultron. It's gotten red. She's changed it. Yes. I don't think she's changed it. I think it's changing automatically as her powers are growing. Oh, her hair did look amazing in Sword. I must yes, say, my God, it, it's such volume. If only. So jealous. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure, I have no doubt it probably took like two hours in hair and makeup to get it that way. Nonetheless, doesn't matter. Yeah. And not only that, she herself was looking absolutely gorgeous. Yes. Even though she was in a lot of pain, but she was, she looked good in pain. I mean, look at her. It's hard to not look good no matter what she's feeling. Well, that's true. Well, let's put it this way. She was distractingly good looking. (laughs) We're going to have to make a chart for you one of these days. Different levels of attractiveness. We could do that for both of us. Like (laughs) one through ten up to distractingly attractive. Well, for you, I know where the level is when it comes to a certain god of mischief. It's always 15. Yes. You know, it's off the charts. So, yeah. So Wanda shows up at S.W.O.R.D. here with the sole intention of just retrieving Vision's body to give him what she feels is a proper burial. That's it. Yes. And she is perfectly polite. (laughs) Yes, she is. Why are you laughing like that? Because it's such a great line and it's such a testament to the women writing and working on this show where this idiot at the desk like wait wait i got a buzz in i got it thanks boom i took it in a different way how did you take it i took it in the fact that she's being polite and the guy says wait i need to buzz you in and she says i got it thanks so even through her grief and this mission that she's on she's still being polite she's not being a dickhead whereas a lot of people would be a dickhead with when they themselves are feeling terrible, they take it out on someone else. Oh, see, to me, that was a very sarcastic thanks. As in, this took too long to begin with. Sit the fuck down. I don't need you. I'll do it faster myself. Okay. That's, I may be projecting. <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling. And I, and to be fair, I think I'm projecting too, because that is something that I always try to do as much as possible. I try to be as polite as I can. Yes. Except with you. Yes, I would venture to say, and this is not a criticism, but you are much more outwardly deferential than I am. Mm -hmm. So Wanda heads back through this office maze here to go see director Hayward. I take back the sympathy I had for you, you son of a bitch. (laughs) You're like a fucking yo-yo, man. Seriously, I hate this man (laughs) viscerally you know what i'm gonna look it up right now so you said to me did you see the mid-credit scene and i said not yet okay here it is so you were waiting for me to get to the mid-credit scene and i told you okay i'm here and you said freak out in three 
two, one. And man, you were right on the timing of that, I tell you. <laughs> and my exact words were, that fucking son of a fucking motherfucking bitch. <laughs> Back to the woman seeing the um, dissected pieces of the love of her life. Yeah, that's perfectly child-friendly, absolutely. Totally, totally. Yeah. Before that, I just... The way Wanda was acting in this sequence, she's going through the motions, she's getting she's getting through the legalities of trying to get her loved one's body back. Right. I have been there. I have actually been in a position where someone I care cared for has died and I've had to go through the all the rigmarole and the paperwork and sitting and waiting around before they do what they need to do whereas all i want is just to get them back and give them the funeral that they need and i always like you said i try to be as polite as possible and wonder you can see is struggling we know she can just lift vision's body up from wherever he is and take him and end up creating a scene but she is controlling herself yeah her restraint here it says a lot about who she is yes absolutely and meanwhile this act that Hayward puts on <laughs> says a lot about who he is. Yeah, he is the epitome of the bored, disconnected paper pusher. Yeah. Who's just doing what he needs to do. Yeah, his, and he's trying to keep it on, but I don't think he put enough glue on that people mask he's wearing. <laughs> and I don't mean a scroll, I mean a fucking sociopath. Mm-hmm. <sighs> he's just standing here pretending to be a decent human being as if he's a benevolent person here trying to do the legal and ethical thing. Yeah. And we know that he isn't. That they were actually trying to get vision back online the entire time. Yes, absolutely. Which also makes me wonder, and we'll get to this later too, just how long did they have his body for? I still stand by my theory of his body being with Tony Mm -hmm. And then after he died, the body was given to sword because Tony was not able to do what he should have, which is dismantle vision. I'm actually going to disagree with you there, but we'll save that for later. Okay. So Hayward has the goal to say, and this was either the exact right thing or exact wrong thing to say, depending on how you look at it, has the nerve to say to Wanda, he's not yours. Yeah. And not only that, he also says not everyone has the kind of power that could bring their soul their soulmate back online, I'm sorry, back to life. And the way he's speaking about vision, it reminded me of how people talk about transgender individuals. Mm. They purposely misgender them or call them by their dead name and just in general being dicks. Right, for the purpose of showing disrespect. His motive here is a little different. Correct, yeah, yeah, but the parallels are there. Yeah, absolutely. So his purpose, as we're going to discover later, he wants to see if Wanda's power could bring Vision back online. Yes. And that's why he kept purposely trying to nudge her. Yeah. So Wanda breaks through this glass here, goes down, and God, was this hard to watch. And she just looks at his face. She tries, but she can't feel him. Yeah. Oh. That was her final goodbye to him. Just absolutely heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And this slow walk back that she has to the car, you can just feel the emptiness in her. 
Yeah, and that that bone weary tiredness. You can see it on her face. Yeah. And you know, she has extra reason to be tired, Amy, because I think uh we're being told here that Wanda is actually like 105 cuz who drives a Buick? See, no, I don't know about that. I I thought the car looked nice. <laughs> Wait, how old am I? <laughs> yeah, Buick has done some redesigning and uh rebranding over the years but you're not gonna catch my acid one anyway sorry i wouldn't mind it seemed like a nice car ruining my joke (laughs) as i always do where are my other millennials support me on this people (laughs) so on the passenger seat we see some kind of document and wanda starts to head to jersey yeah, at first when I saw that, I thought it was like a secret message from someone. So or something did like I. That. Yeah, I thought somebody had left it in the car for her. Yeah, but the telling thing was that she didn't actually pick it up at that time to open it. She saw it and she continued buckling up and drove off. So she knew what it was. Right. This is part of the legalities, like you were saying. So as we drive through Westview, we see some familiar faces. <laughs> I was fine with Herb. Bill's mm-hmm. cool. That's fine. Hello, Mrs. Hart. And- I did like the f- continuity for Phil because he's putting up a poster for piano lessons. I didn't catch that. <laughs> and <laughs> and I can, kind of felt bad for him now because now his piano is gone. It's become a cardboard piece. <laughs> Man, that's such a great detail. Mm, yeah. And there's Mrs. Hart drinking her coffee. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and there's the goddamn mailman delivering pizzas. <laughs> For all the time you were freaking out about this guy, he's shape shifted, he's Loki, he's ABC and XYZ, and he has to be someone he looks so smug. To be fair. Pizza delivery men have become very (laughs) integral parts of society in the last year. Well, yes, true. He is an important person. (laughs) He's an important human being, but he's not important in the largest scheme of things. Uh, Yeah. For Wanda. Now, was it just me? Because I know I've made some claims about his expressions before. But (laughs) didn't didn't this delivery guy, didn't he look like his dog just died? Yeah, he did look extremely sad and tired. And not only him, I think everyone else did. Everyone had the sort of hunched shoulders, weighed down sort of feeling to them. You know, I wonder if that ties into what you said about Phil and putting up the poster for piano lessons. Maybe that's something he's doing because he's fallen on hard times. Yeah, and overall, the town seems to have a lot of closed shutters. There's garbage on the streets. The We see close to Wanda's house that the pool next door hasn't been maintained. Overall, it seems like a rundown town. Which makes me wonder why Vision picked it. Well, from a logical perspective, it would make sense to be close enough to New York and the Avenger Towers, but not that close that... There's property damage 
because it seems like New York seems to be the magnet for all things that happen, all bad things that happened. We see that in all the fucking superhero movies. True. And it could be something like a state of the world overall, because people do say that they struggled when half the population left. Right. Oh, my God. You're totally right. It's only been three weeks. You're absolutely right. It looks the same way as when Scott comes back in Endgame. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. 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 Of course they're sad. You're totally right. Of course it's going to look like a ghost town. Everywhere looks like a ghost town. Yes. Yeah. People are still recovering. Right. They're still trying to figure out their lives. Maybe these people that we've met, that we saw walking on the streets, have come back after five years and and they don't know what to do, what's happening. Right. Totally forgot to factor that in. Mm -hmm. So Wanda pulls up, not even to a house. This made it worse for me. And I think it's an important distinction that it's not actually a house. It's just a foundation. Yeah. And Wanda opens up this envelope and inside it's the property deed to the home where Vision has written, circled by a red heart, to grow old in. Yeah. I lost it. I'm losing it now. Mm-hmm, I can hear that. Oh. And that gives so much more significance to the hearts on the calendars, both in the first episode and in the previous episode where in the intro we have a heart on the calendar. Yeah, and it just hit me more, too, as someone who's been in this position four years mm-hmm. ago when we moved here. Like, we bought a house that didn't exist yet our area here is filled with new construction and all we had was a foundation when we started and right it's just so heartbreaking because that foundation represents so much lost potential a lost not only visions lost life but the loss of what they could have had together of what they could have built it's gone it didn't even have a chance to exist just like this house yes absolutely 100 percent it's physically also and also the emotional impact of it. It's it was perfectly done, beautifully done. Yeah, and it's the perfect culmination. And again, so relatable in this last year we've all been through. How much can one person take True. before they break? Yeah. She just couldn't take anymore. Correct. Yeah. And we've seen this before with her. She has experienced terrible amount of pain. And when that pain becomes so overwhelming, her magic just explodes. We saw that in Ultron when she felt Pietro die and the magic just rushed out of her, killing all those robots around her. And in this case, it's a culmination of everything and the power was just too much. Yeah, it's this purge of grief that she has no control over. Mm -hmm. These visuals are incredible. Oh, it's beautiful. Beautifully done. And this is one of those scenes from the trailers that everybody was waiting for. We see her create their first home from episode one. We see Vision generate in front of her. And I I lost it again at Wanda, welcome home. That actually kind of got everyone off kilter because till now we all have assumed that Wanda took Vision's body and brought him back to life. But she didn't. She actually recreated him. Yeah, that's even more impressive. Yeah. One thing I did find interesting was that 
when this whole explosion happened and Wanda was creating everything, everything was red. The magic was red. But from her, when the magic was pouring out and creating vision, the magic was turning yellow. So is this the Mind Stone being recreated? That's why the yellow magic? That's a really good catch. And that's, I think, plays into the theory that you have that we're going to discuss in a few minutes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we also noticed in the previous episodes when Vision was using his magic, he was using yellow magic. Mm -hmm. Is this the birth of another Infinity Stone? Can Wanda create, recreate all the Infinity Stones? If so, we're in deep shit. Yeah. Yeah, somebody definitely is. Yeah. And this was the moment I said, Agatha will never understand this. She will never be able to fully understand or wield Wanda's power because this power, at least for Wanda, it is born of love. And Agatha cannot understand that. I think Wanda's power comes more from grief than love. But what is grief if not love persevering? True. So Wanda is basically watching this happen, watching herself. And then we get shoved back into reality real quick here. Yeah. And we see the stage lights and the chairs for the audience. Was Wanda seeing all of this for the first time? It seemed like it, didn't it? Uh Uh-huh. Now, before we go down that rabbit hole, (laughs) I have a bone to pick with you. Okay. You remember when in episode four, Hayward says that Vision had a living will, and you were so tickled by the idea that he has no property and he has no this. Why would he need a will? Well, now you know the answer. I didn't know he was making investments with his spare time. Well, anyone would, right? I just don't understand where he got money. Tony must have given it to him. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it helps to have. It helps when you're kind of sort of dad is a bajillionaire. Yeah. Yeah, true. And, you know, in we live in a world of capitalism. All he needs to do is sponsor a couple of products and he'd be fucking rich. Yes, yes. All right. Yes. You were right. Thank you. I do love to hear you say that. Or just wait, because if Loki shows up on the show, you are in trouble, my dear. Well, that's true. And Tom, if you're listening to this, please (laughs) don't come. (laughs) So Agatha is just as bitchy as ever here. Yeah, she's sitting over there one leg up you know what i don't know what it what it is about that particular pose that she was sitting in one leg up against the other chair and just clapping oh my god that was hot (laughs) that was such a fucking power move i love it yes it really was now i don't i don't want her to be with loki i want her to be with me Although I know I wouldn't be able to handle her, but yeah, yeah, baby, bring it no, on. Not in a million years. <laughs> you were, you'd be no closer to handling her than you would be to Ada. Yeah. So yeah, speaking of power moves, here's another one. Agatha disapparates here and heads outside and has the boys by the throat. Yes. Ugh. And she's floating up there and she's, she's equally pissed and scared scared and i don't know 
determined. And I think we've also just seen her true form. Yes. She looks different. Yeah, I think they've done something with the makeup or something to make her look older. Creepier. Okay, fair. To me, she actually here reminded me very much of Lisa Edelstein, who played Dr. Cuddy on House. I can see that, yes. And Agatha is just, she's just incensed at this point and says to Wanda, you have no idea how dangerous you are. Mm-hmm. And tells her, like, do you have any idea what the fuck you're doing? This is chaos magic. And you know what? That makes you the Scarlet Witch. Finally. About time she got a nickname. And because I was raised on Family Guy, my immediate response to this was to clap and scream, Ah, they said it! (laughs) So that's where we leave things in Westview. And outside the hex, we have our stinger scene here. And uh, it's time to launch. Yeah. All this time when they kept saying it's time to launch, I was thinking they were going full-blown, full-scale attack against the hex. Mm -hmm. So did I. I think that was a purposeful misdirect. Yeah. Like a lot of other things that WandaVision has done. Fuck you guys. Now, here's why I have to disagree with you about the timeline for Vision's body. Hayward, Hayward says to his minion, We've taken this thing apart and put it back together a million times. That's not something you say when you've Mm -hmm. only had it for three weeks. Not necessary. People have been working on it day and night through all different types of permutations and combinations. But we saw how they were doing it in the lab. Like It was taking a long time to work with those parts, to work with the vibranium. It's not like, it's not as simple as putting Mr. Potato Head back together. But if you noticed, while Wanda was there, they were dismantling him. And it seemed like they were dismantling him for the first time. Then why would Hayward say that? It's a figure of speech. I've done this a million times. I can't figure it out. I don't think so. I think Tony was fed up enough and traumatized enough after Infinity War that he would have allowed them to force his hand. And take Vision's body. Absolutely not. I don't know. Absolutely not. I wouldn't have thought so before, but after hearing Hayward say that, I'm thinking about it differently. No, they were cutting him open for the first time when Wanda was there. They were breaking him apart right there and then in front of her. That was the first time. Because if it wasn't, as we've seen with Vision right now, who's completely white, he would have lost his color already. He was his original color and they were cutting in. They were using saws and things like that to cut into him. They wouldn't need to do that if they had assembled and reassembled and reassembled him. They would have had mechanisms to open and close already. They wouldn't need to cut him open. I I don't know. I'm not convinced because I think that was at least partly a show for Wanda. I don't know how much of that was engineered by Hayward to look a certain way for Wanda to go with the lie that he was telling her. Agree to disagree. Fair enough. So Hayward basically took the power that Wanda imbued into that drone that they had tried to kill her with and used it to bring Vision's body back online. Yes. Welcome, White Vision. Yeah. Now this has me a bit confused. Why is it that when Wanda tried to do whatever magic she did with Vision when he was dismembered, 
that didn't work, but the indirect energy from this drone worked. Was it because he was dismembered or because she was doing different type of magic? I think a cross between different type of magic and a matter of intention. It wasn't her intention Mm -hmm. to try and bring him back online. She just wanted to give him a burial. She didn't have resurrection as a motive the way that Hayward does. And, you know, maybe that's a factor in terms of how the energy works. Then how would he be able to put his intention to her magic from the drone? I have absolutely no idea. But I don't trust the son of a bitch. Who knows who else he has consulting on this? True. Yeah. This doesn't seem like his, or if he's even capable of thinking that high, that at that level. Yeah, I don't think he is. Like you said, he's a paper pusher. He gives orders. He doesn't get the details. He's not a scientist. Yeah. And he's an idiot. Yeah. He's not even a good people person. Yeah. Okay. So now as promised, everybody, we are going to go into what we think some of the possibilities are for the finale in terms of possible big bad villains coming in, few cameos. So this show has been such a mindfuck that it kind of inspired me to actually start reading the comics because before this, I have never touched a comic. I started doing some research on the Scarlet Witch and Vision and things like that. And you have done research online on more of the big picture stuff with all the various characters. And we have come together to create this little informational segment, if you will. Yes. And, you know, I think it works pretty well for us because even watching this show, that's how it works. I'm better with the big picture stuff. And you're better at finding the tiny details like Phil's poster. Yeah. The, the only time I get those little details is when you need a really good TV for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Imagine the other details I'd get if I had a big ass TV like yours. You would be a destroyed jacket by now. I'm sure. It's for the best. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. So since we ended the episode with White Vision, let's get into that theory first. So based on the research that I've done, the origins of White Vision are pretty similar to what we've seen in WandaVision so far. Vision had died and he was disassembled and reassembled by a government organization. And they did manage to bring him back, just like in the show. But the big difference was that he had all his memories. He had all the information, but he lost his soul because he lost the Mind Stone. Right. So he feels... No connection whatsoever to Wanda and the boys. Correct. And this was the catalyst because after White Vision left and Wanda lost her kids soon after that, that's when she completely lost control. And so you have a theory on this as to how White Vision is going to play in. Yes. So I have a feeling that so far we have two visions, White Vision And let's call him Hex Vision, because that's how we know that he was created. He was created within the Hex. And he cannot survive outside the Hex. And obviously, we do want Vision and Paul Bettany to stay. So this is part theory, part I hope that this is something that can happen, because I don't want to see Vision die again. It's too much. Yes. Even if Paul Bettany turns out to be a big, fat, lying liar, we'll see. (laughs) So I hope that Wanda or someone else possibly may combine Hex Vision with White Vision and give us 
Vision 2.0. That's my name, by the way, not Comic Hannah. Right. Now, another important note here is that in the same comic series that includes White Vision, Billy and Tommy have fragments of Mephisto in them. Now, we've talked about Correct. Mephisto a bunch on previous episodes. So if you want to know more about him and the, some of the clues we've gotten, go back and listen to those. The point is that on top of all we've already seen that could potentially point to Mephisto, White Vision's appearance still makes Mephisto a pretty strong candidate to be the big bad wolf of Westfield. Yes, agreed. Next up in today's lesson is <laughs> chaos magic and a little old god of chaos named Chathon. Yes. So chaos magic kind of piqued my interest when Agatha said that because there's no way she said it with that much emphasis if it didn't mean something. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And there's some very, very interesting stuff here. So chaos magic was said to be so powerful that it was thought to be non-existent even by the Sorcerer Supreme. Chaos magic can manipulate, warp, and reconstruct the very fabric of reality to the user's whims, which is exactly what we've seen Wanda do. And, oh, yes. by the way, it can bring about the total destruction of the cosmos. Well. Duh, if you can change the world to your whim, that's kind of dangerous. Yeah, a little bit. Chiton is the god of chaos. And he tried to rule the earth, but he was thwarted and was sealed up inside by the same mountain that we mentioned earlier, where Wanda Maximoff was born. Yes, yeah. So they sealed him up in an effort so that he couldn't use the chaos magic. However... He was able to physically touch baby Wanda, giving her a fraction of his power to control chaos energy. Yeah, and that seems pretty interesting because Wanda has instinctively been able to change reality and like she did with the bomb, made sure that it didn't explode, even though she wasn't aware of it. Mm -hmm. So Chathan put all his chaos magic writings together and they came to be known as a book called the dark hold which should sound familiar to some people yes agents of shield fans now's the time to rejoice now the dark hold became kind of a doorway to chathan's dimension right and we notice that agatha has this glowing book in her dungeon is it possible that it's the dark hold this is the theory i'm going with mhm mm so i think it's the dark hold and I think this means that Agatha is either in cahoots with Chathan or she's trying to summon or connect with him in some way. Yeah, and maybe that is the thing that saved her when all the witches were blasting her with their energy. Could very well be. And so in the comics, Agatha becomes Wanda's chaos magic tutor. Now you think Agatha's going to stick around? So do I. Yeah, I hope she does. Yes, I think Marvel is smart enough to know, they've certainly shown this in the past, that they know when they've got a great character who people want to see more of. Mm -hmm. Agreed. So I think there are two ways that we could see Agatha stick around. And it depends on her relationship to Chathan if he is in fact the big bad. She could do it. Mm -hmm. She could help Wanda out of self-preservation, maybe like a promise of protection from 
Doctor Strange or Wanda, whomever, to protect her from Chathan if she does, in fact, either fail or double-cross him. Right. Or Doctor Strange, let's say him, let's say he could force Agatha to work for the good guys as kind of like a work-release type imprisonment deal, kind of like the way we expect to see on Loki with the TVA. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm going with. Or it could be also something like the big bad is not Chaton, but someone else. And because Agatha is attuned to this dark magic, she knows how to deal with another big bad and may help Wanda deal with this big bad. That is also very true. And I could also be a thousand percent wrong because I never saw White Vision coming. (laughs) I don't think any of us did. Yeah. Okay. So option number three, Dormammu. We're here to bargain. (laughs) So after the events of Doctor Strange, it's pretty safe to say that Dormammu is going to be very bitter and vengeful. (laughs) Why? You you wouldn't want to be put into an endless time loop (laughs) now? No, even I would be pissed off at that. So he would most certainly want Earth and Doctor Strange back. Yes. In any way possible. Absolutely. So we've talked about Agatha's youth here. She may be channeling energy from the dark dimension to keep herself young, just like the ancient one was doing. Mm -hmm. And of course, the dark dimension is where Dormammu has his monster condo. (laughs) Doctor Strange had used the book of Cagliostro to manipulate time. You saw that with him eating the apple. He did it at the end of the movie to, to defeat Dormammu. And the book itself is just chock full of dark magic. Right. Now, I said earlier, I know this completely goes against what I said about Chathan being my theory, but what, what can I say? I'm a theory whore. Agatha had said the only way forward is back. Well, this could hint mm-hmm. at time travel, at her using this magical book she has as a potential way to summon Dormammu or screw with time because we see time is not moving normally in Westview. And this is another way that the events in Westview could be tying in with Loki and the Time Variance Authority. You just want to tie in Loki in any way and every way, don't you? (laughs) Do you hear yourself? (laughs) So you think she has the book of Cagliostro? Even if it's not that exact book, all of those restricted books that were in the Ancient One's, you know, special area there could be filled with this kind of dark magic that could allow them to potentially screw with time a little bit. So you think it's possibly another book that is connected to the Dark Dimension? Could be. Yeah. It's, I don't think, put it this way, I don't think there's anything good in it. (laughs) I think that is a safe conclusion to make. And then we have Nightmare. So I found one thing interesting in the previous episode was that we know Wanda's magic is red and outside her house she had red roses and Agatha's magic is purple and she had lilacs and other such plants outside her house. And Dottie, who hasn't been seen much but still seems to be important, has yellow roses outside her house. So that made me think maybe she's a magic user who has yellow magic. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just the way you said she's a magic user, like she's a meth head or something. 
now I'm just picturing Phil coming out to the garden for an intervention because she's using it again. <laughs> Maybe that's why he needs to get piano lessons. You there know, we go. <laughs> it costs money. <laughs> yeah, tw- Poor guy. twenty bucks a spell. You know. Yeah, yeah. I need more. <laughs> Give me more. <laughs> so nightmare's big thing is that he feeds off human fear and despair. And I think it's safe to say there's plenty of that in Westview. Yes, both from the people themselves and Wanda. She's an overpowering pain. Westview is basically the golden corral for Nightmare at this point. So it's possible that he got attracted to Westview because of all of this. And he is known to be able to trap people in eternal nightmares in his dimension. Yeah, that part worries me. Yeah, me too. I'm a little worried about Wanda in that regard. You know, she, we don't need to put her through more, okay? (laughs) Enough. It's enough. Hey, I'm not writing the show. I'm saying this to the writers. And he does seem to have a history of hostility with Doctor Strange. Yes, putting it mildly, yeah. (laughs) I still think, though, that Nightmare is less likely to show up than Jathan, Mephisto, or Dormammu. I agree. And lastly, we have who we think is still needs to be mentioned, but is probably the least likely to appear. Mm -hmm. And that is Mm -hmm. the Grim Reaper, a.k.a. Eric Williams from Patterson, New Jersey. Well, geographically, he's closest. This is true, which I think is a point on his side. And also, you grow up in Patterson, you're going to be a tough motherfucker. He's not going to be anybody to be trifled with. I can tell you that. (laughs) Yeah, he probably thinks no end of himself if he names himself the Grim Reaper. Indeed, which he did. He's basically a gangster with a scythe. (laughs) I was not impressed reading up on him. Yeah, me neither. If he turns out to be the big bad, I will be very disappointed. Hayward would be a better big bad than him. Well, there would only be one positive, I think, if Grim Reaper turned out to be the big bad, which, again, we don't think will happen, but... So his real name is Eric Williams. He is the brother of Simon Williams, a.k.a. Wonder Man. And Wonder Man almost ended up in the MCU through Guardians of the Galaxy, but it got cut. And he was going to be played by none other than Nathan Fillion. Yeah, <gasps> I would certainly be happy to see Nathan Fillion in the MCU. Yeah, that's, that's my problem. If they're dangling that in front of me, as Grim Reaper incentive, oh, I might just take it. Hold on. Don't tell me you have a thing for Nathan Fillion. What? You what? have a thing for Nathan Fillion? I don't know what you're talking about. Who are you? Where did this microphone come from? Okay. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. Oh, my Lord. Nathan Fillion, I love you, but do not join the MCU for my sake, Put it please. this way. Not, not as much as others, but I really do love him. He's so much fun. He's so charismatic. I really, really do enjoy him, but I do also enjoy looking at him. Yes. I do like him. I think he's a great guy. He seems to be, he's a huge nerd, which is a huge plus for me. Yes. And he's, he's funny. I like him. I, I do enjoy his work. 
but I'm not looking forward to him being in the MCU now after knowing <laughs> this little tidbit from you. For anybody looking to kill a little time on YouTube, go check out videos of Nathan Fillion doing charity auctions for Operation Smile and a few other things where he basically purges his home once a year of all his nerd merch and gives it away. It's the greatest thing ever. I did not know that. No one needs that many Star Trek robes. I will tell you that much. <laughs> but at least he's aware of it. Yeah, that's good. He knows he has a problem. That's the first step. And lastly, Grim Reaper does have some connections with White Vision. Overall, though, the WandaVision connections with Grim Reaper are much more tenuous than the other potential villains. Hence it being last on our list. Right. Yes. So the last thing we're going to talk about here is actually a comic series itself that Amy has read and that many people have been discussing for weeks now, of course, House of M. Yes. Elizabeth Olsen also said that she was very excited to to be doing WandaVision because it's her favorite storyline, House of M. Right. So this isn't necessarily about potential big bads. This is more about overall plot and the potential for a couple of more cameos. Right. So the series starts off with Magneto losing a war against humans. And he had abandoned his children, Wanda and Pietro, because he was so obsessed with this idea of mutant superiority. And these kids ended up getting adopted and had a shitty life and all of that. They eventually joined the Avengers. And eventually something happens which ends up making Wanda lose control of her powers And she ends up killing Hawkeye, Ant-Man, and Vision. So Wanda's completely distraught with the situation. And Magneto, Quicksilver, and Wanda are in this country of Genosha, which is the country for mutants. And they had lost their war. And she kept losing control of reality. She kept creating alternate realities. One of them was that she was giving birth to her and Vision's children, and Vision was with her, which we know wasn't true because he was dead. Right. Just as we've seen in the 70s episode of WandaVision thus far. Correct. Charles Xavier was the one who kept snapping her out of it, if you will. And eventually, the Avengers and the X-Men all come together to meet to decide what they need to do with Wanda. The X-Men are on the side of wanting to kill her because she doesn't have any control of her powers and she's an incredibly powerful person. Whereas the Avengers don't want to kill her. They want to find a solution to this problem that they have. You know, I can't help but notice this kind of mirrors the Dark Phoenix plot somewhat too. Okay. I'll be honest, I've forgotten everything about the X-Men movies. So in Dark Phoenix... Jean Grey is very much like Wanda. She has this power that she can't control, that she didn't ask for, and she's basically this human weapon, and nobody wants to touch her. She goes to Magneto for help, and he's like, get the hell out of here. I want to protect my people. She ends up killing Mystique by accident, and she's just as much of a hot mess as Wanda is here. Mm -hmm. That's as far as I'll go with that comparison in terms of quality. Anyway. (laughs) So eventually, the Avengers and the X-Men decide that perhaps for now, what they can do is try to go and meet Wanda and try to help her in some way so that they don't have to resort to killing her. So when they reach Genosha, Wanda, 
Magneto and Quicksilver, they're all missing. And there's this flash, blinding flash of white energy, and everyone wakes up in an alternate reality. In this reality, the mutants are the superior race, and humans, Homo sapiens, are considered the minority and they're oppressed. The mutants are the ones in power, in either culturally or politically. They're the ones to look up to. Just like Magneto always dreamed. Exactly. And Magneto is over and above all of them. He's the leader, looked up to and revered in every way possible. He has everything he dreamed of. Right. He becomes exactly what he claimed to despise. Correct. So thus far, that allows us to tie in Magneto and potentially Charles Xavier as well to possibly make cameos in the finale here. Yes, possible. So there are two possibilities, of course, for each. And this is very much dependent on whether or not Mr. Bettany is, in fact, a big fat lying liar. (laughs) Because he stated in an interview that there's a big, huge cameo, and Elizabeth Olsen called it a Luke Skywalker level cameo, with someone he's always wanted to work with. Mm -hmm. If that's true, Ian McKellen is out because they did the Da Vinci Code together. So that means if we get Magneto, it's going to be Michael Fassbender. Welcome, sir. Come along. Join us. I I know that too. (laughs) As for Charles, they go with him. It could be either James McAvoy or Patrick Stewart. That can go either way, depending on the plot. Right. Or it could simply be none of them. And he was probably talking about himself because White Vision and Vision will probably have some scenes together. Don't you do it, Bethany. I I know (laughs) generally where you live. I will find you. Oh, dear. We at the Marvelous Madams do not condone any kind of violence or stalking of any kind. (laughs) Mr. Bethany, you are 100% safe. (laughs) Please don't get a restraining order against us. Or it could be a third X-Men. And who might that be? Wolverine. I've been seeing this around the Twitterverse and thought people were a little crazy, but I've been convinced otherwise. Mm-hmm. No, they're not crazy. They just read the comics. Right. Also- and they also love Hugh Jackman, who is amazing. Well, I do too. So I would be very happy to see him. So Wolverine in this, co- in this alternate reality is the only one so far who remembers his other life. He's key to bringing everyone together and waking them up with the help of Layla Miller. And this would tie back to even to uh, X-Men Days of Future Past, because in that it is Wolverine who is sent back in time to try to stop the Sentinels from overtaking the Earth. And when they come back, when everything's fixed, it's only Wolverine and Charles who remember the way things were. Mm-hmm. So something similar happens here too. So a lot of the Avengers and the X-Men have been woken up and they all come together and plan a raid on Magneto's birthday to try and get him to stop Wanda from doing what she was doing. And it turns out that Magneto wasn't the one who made Wanda create this alternate reality. It was her brother, Pietro. He wanted his father and by consequence, all the mutants to get what they want so that they would finally have a loving and caring father. That didn't turn out quite the way they planned. No, 
No. So Magneto, when he found out that this was all done by Quicksilver, he killed him. He killed his own son. Cold. Yeah. And again, Wanda is completely distraught with that. And in retaliation, she says that she wanted to give Magneto everything he wanted. He's the reason why they are so fucked up that their lives have been destroyed. So now, for as retribution, she turned the world back to the way it was with one key difference. No more mutants. Yep. And when we come back to the original world, the real world, everyone comes back and a few of them remember what happened in the alternate reality, including Wolverine. But all the mutants have lost their powers. It seems like their ex-mutation gene has been destroyed. So I think this is still possible to an extent. I think it's entirely possible that we will see Magneto come in as Wanda's biological father. Even though we've seen in previous episodes, the little montage, Wanda and Pietro Maximoff born to Oleg and Arena Maximoff. I mean, Marvel has a long history of lying to their characters about their parentage. So it's still entirely Mm. possible that the twins were adopted. Possible. But I think it's safe to say we're not going to see no more mutants. If anything, it'll be the opposite. Yeah, I think this, if we get any of the other X-Men besides Fietro. (laughs) She's got got us all saying it now. Yeah, absolutely. I think this could be a good way to bring the X-Men into the MCU and bring in a lot more other mutant characters, which would be very interesting. This would really, really expand the MCU. Yeah. All right, so that includes our lesson for today. There's no homework class. Enjoy your weekend. Yay. (laughs) There's plenty of homework for us, though. (laughs) Well, yes, but homework we love. This is true. So as always, we got a few people we want to mention this week. Amit, thanks so much for the endorsement and the lovely review you gave us on iTunes. It truly made our week. Carmen Sita, thank you so much for pointing out two important things. One, the cartoon on Agatha's TV when we see those unfinished lunches was Yo Gabba Gabba. And because neither Amy or I have preschoolers, we had no clue what that was. And two, the robot that is supposed to be part of that show was missing, just like Vision. We would not have known this otherwise. So thank you. Yes, agreed. Anthony Horton, thank you for listening. We hope our commentary was a good appetizer for episode eight. Luke McHenry. Nice call on thinking that Brian Cranston would show up in Westview because he basically did. Are you sure, sir, you are not also a wizard? Please let us know. And uh, to Mr. Cranston, enjoy those bonus residual checks this month, sir. Oh, they're going to skyrocket. Looking like his, he's going to get a direct deposit. Be like, what the hell is this? <laughs> Michael at Too Much Sarcastic. You're totally right about Agatha's house keeping all the thoughts of the Westview residents out. And yes, poor Billy. She may be even crueler to him than she is to Wanda. Buckknife Sub Rosa? If Howard the Duck showed up as the big cameo, I don't know if I'd die laughing or break my TV. But generally, let's just hope it goes a different way. (laughs) Courtney Brown. We agree that Catherine Hahn should be worshipped as the queen that she is. If you know an Etsy artist who makes custom ponchos that we could have made for Agatha, please let us know. 
Poncho. All right, people, we are eight episodes down. And we cannot wait for the ninth and final episode. So in the meantime, if you are as impatient as us, you can find us on Twitter or Instagram at Marvel Madams. Thanks to all you madams for joining us today. I'm Madam Chris. And I'm Madam Mamie. Join us next week for the finale of WandaVision. And I expect I will have to take some anxiety elixir to sleep Thursday night, just like I did last week. (laughs) If you enjoy listening to us, sign up on our website to get an exclusive behind-the-scenes episode. And every two weeks, we'll send you bonus content that we save just for our VIPs. Visit themarvelousmadams.com, where infinity stones are a girl's best friend. Amy, oh my god, that guy who's listening with his six-year-old, he is going to be sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I tried to warn him. The kid's going to drop a yogurt on the floor. Son of a motherfucking bitch. (laughs)